This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Good evening. Good evening. Thanks for being on the show of Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. Now, tonight, we're really going to talk about the young men and the young women and how sometimes it's really, really very dangerous, all the things that they do now. So... Before I go through that, I just want to know, how many of you guys have just wondered, or, you know, the parents, why do your young people do those things that they do now? Years ago, young folks really, really they, you know, they loved their parents and they did what they said, what asked them to do. And that was a good thing. But nowadays, you have kids, they always want to talk back to the adults like they know so much. You know, they're only 15 or 16, 17, 18, and they know more than their parents. That's what they're trying to get everybody to understand, and they know what they're doing. And a lot of times when they start doing things like that, at some point they never come back home. So that's not a good thing. But tonight we're going to talk about why the young men And the women are so dangerous. One left her house because her mother took her phone. And she was so upset she left the house. And the mother was looking for her, but she couldn't find her. And she finally called the police. And soon she found that child. But when she found the daughter, she was in the morgue. Her mother was just so, oh, she was just so down. She missed her daughter, but because her daughter wanted to do something that her mother said all she had to do was wait, and she would have been okay, but she ended up in the morgue. That's not good. That's not good. And a lot of parents, 
they try to be with their parents, I mean, with their kids. They they want to be friends with their kids, but that's not how you do it. That is not how you do it. You have to be the parent. You have to be the parent. And a lot of uh, young people don't understand, so... Right now, I'm going to uh, introduce my uh, second half, Mr. Coleman. How are you? Good evening, Jenny White. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to hear you tonight. And maybe you could give us a tip on these young people. And what's going on? I see a hand right now already, already. And uh, this is Miss Lucy. I see. I see. You know, I was thinking about. Oh, go ahead. Go. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was thinking about when I was looking over these stories. I was thinking about the story in the Bible of the prodigal son, and the word prodigal means wasteful. They're wasteful. They want their, their, they want what they want when they want it. As you know, in the Bible, he asked his yeah. father for his inheritance, and his father wasn't even dead. You know, give me my part. Yeah. I want it because he had other plans for his money. And when he went out to, to do his thing and wasted it and riotous living and things like that, and things got hard. And stuff. But then the first is that he came to himself. A lot of times when you look at what these young people are doing, they seem like they won't come to themselves. They come to the realization that, hey, this is not the way. But he said he he came back to, made up his mind he was going to come back to his father and say, listen, I'll just be a servant. You know, because I know the servants live better than I'm eating. You know, he was in the the hog pen eating what the hogs was eating. And he was a Jewish boy after eating the house, you know, and all of this. There was no one there to help him, but he came. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, the young girl, Jemiah, uh, I think it's Jemiah, 16, and she was a good child, you know, did what her mother said, helping her mother uh, learn uh, her nursing courses and things like that. And they were friends and all of that. But she did something. I said, well, I'm just going to take your phone. And she got mad about it and stormed out the house. You know, you know, you have to, uh, there's a problem now with um, being obedient, being humble and obedient and respecting authority. That's yeah. a, big, a very big problem. They don't feel like they have to respect authority. You know, even sometimes as a, when you're working with a person, you have a boss, he said, did I mess that up? Oh, I'm sorry, you know. And we're grown right. people saying that, you know. I messed that up. I really messed that up, didn't I, you know. <laughs> I didn't mean no harm. You know, we try to joke it off and go in and try to correct it. They don't want to do that. They're, they're surprised about them. Uh, they don't want to listen like they're supposed to, uh, you know, to learn. They don't have the spirit of learning in order to make their way in life. That's a big problem. So she storms out the house. And her mother was like, oh, she'll come back. And then she tried to look for it, and she didn't come back. And so um, 
that Sunday morning, um, you know, uh, she called the police and made her a police report. And they, you know, and, and uh, they said they would look, they would, you know, look out for her and things like that. And then come to find out, she said it was that Thursday. They found out that the girl was in the morgue listed as a John, as a John Doe, you know, Jane Doe. Right. They, they, they finally identified her as her 16-year-old, and they taught the family. A lot of times, and then people do not believe in humbling themselves. Let's face it. We all make mistakes. We do things wrong. We get an attitude. You know, all of this. But they do not believe in humbling themselves and doing what, you know, this was all a part of our make growing up. But they don't believe in that. They, you know, it's sad. Just this one incident that this girl did, it cost her, her life. And her parents, now they're preparing. You know, she's supposed to go to MSU, play on a career there, you know, getting ready to, you know, just to, and she was a good student. She was in the praise team at, at church and things like that. And now they said, now we're pre- we are planning for a funeral. And that was very yeah. painful for the family. Just think about yeah. it, you know. But you know. It's sad. And then this. Go ahead. I was just going to say, a lot of times, these kids grow up, and I I don't know, but maybe the parents give them a little more than they should have. You know, kids want discipline. They honestly do. They're near barriers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they want it. Yeah, boundaries, yeah. They don't want to get everything they ask for, but a lot of parents don't know that, and they just want to give their kids everything, whatever they ask for. Yeah, you can have it, you can have it, you can have it, and then you want them to be your friend, but your friend should be um, an adult like you are, mother or father. You know, you cannot do everything. You have to teach your child. You know, there's a a stop, you know, sign outside. When you go to that stop sign, that means you stop. I mean, you're supposed to be. A lot of us don't. But stopping, you can't have everything. Because you're still young, you don't know how to deal with it. And, you know, parents that are real parents, they know these things, and they don't let the children go past the line. And the children are okay. Boundaries, yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, but the boundaries. kids are okay. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the parent have let that child go so long that they can think, you know, they think they can do anything. And that's where the problems get in. And there are no consequences to life. Yeah, but there are consequences because this young lady, she ended up in the morgue, in the morgue. That's a hurting thing. A daughter's thing. Yes. Yes. Her sisters so, and brothers in the morgue, yeah. So you have to What's teach interesting? children. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking of this other case here. And I think this is really sad. 
uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend. They've been going together four and a half years around each other and stuff. And uh, she, her name is Marissa. His name is Franklin. And uh, he called the police crying because he said he had killed his girlfriend. Because mm-hmm. to find out that um, he said they, they got in an argument and things like that. They've been up and down. But she was working and he wasn't, okay? They had a house and the girl was providing everything and all of this, you know, and with, then that's a bad situation there. And he said he felt that he couldn't do anything, okay? But he ended up shooting her nine times. Oh, wow. Nine times, yeah. It was, uh, and uh, she was a young woman, and uh, the mother was crying. But, you know, they, they, they had two children together already, and she was pregnant with a third child, five months. And he ended up just pumping her with bullets. That's did what the happened baby, to them, you know. Did the baby uh, die too? Uh, you don't they're know. They're both there, yeah. Yeah, nine times I want. Hey, if you can live through that, that's a good one. <laughs> yes, sir, you know. Wow. But the sad thing is that um, he, he said he has mental problems and things like that, and he was sorry. But uh, they said he would probably get about fifty years, you know, you know, with secondary, and then killing a baby—that's another life, you know. Yeah, that's All two this, people. But, but then yeah. you look at the moral issues that we're dealing with. We had some kind of morals, you know, some kind. But, it, you know, everything is lasciviousness and do what makes you feel good. When she, I guess she thought she was doing, you know, running up. She was really wounding the man's ego because she's the one that's earning the bread and everything, you know. He's sitting there and he would be at home. And then she comes up and she's pregnant again. He said he was going to get stuck with all this child support. He was scared of that and all of this stuff. So this is where he ended it. Wow. And uh, he was so, crying on the phone, and the mother was saying, how can I? And what's so sad about the other two little children was around it when he was shooting their mother. She said, what can I tell these kids? You know, the, the grandmother, what can I tell them now? What can I say to them? Yes, both of them, his parents are gone. He's gone for life. You might as well say, and she's gone, you know, all of this. What can you tell them, you know? There is a moral issue that we have to look at, too, that's, that's just eating away at our at our at these generations, you know, the next generation. And this yeah. last one, this 19-year-old who was just out there having a good time shooting folks on a shooting spree, the woman was at the bus stop. She's the mother of five children, going to work every day, you know, and all this. He just pulled up and shot and killed her someplace on Livernoy. Shot and killed her. And she's got left five children. Who's going to take care of those five children, you know? It's just too much. It's a lot of violence. It's easy to pick up a gun now, you know. Yeah. And, and, and they think it solves all the problems, and it doesn't, you know. It doesn't solve all the problems. And so these are the three cases that I was looking at. Then there was a, something that happened up in Muskegon. Then I read about this aunt who took the three-year-old and drove. She's had mental problems, took him to Lake Michigan, and then pushed the three-year-old into Lake Michigan. When they finally well, fixed him out, he was alive. But, yeah, all of this is going on. People are just, there's no, uh, how can you say, there are no boundaries anymore. Everything is everything, you know. It's sad to see that. But the three-year-old, he finally died. You know, he had uh, brain swelling and things like what he went through with heart cardiologist, cardiac arrest and things, and he finally died. 
but uh, she was supposedly his aunt. And she drove him to Lake Michigan and pushed him in and watched him. One of those deals. So it's so well, much violence had, going on. We've had some of the parents uh, putting uh, the shield, the children That's true. in the lake. That is true. Yeah. And children, yeah. And they'll, they'll he jump in. I, I mean, it's, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> it's hard to to say anything. You know, what What do you say? What do you say? Mama got upset because Daddy found another woman. So Mama's so hurt, she going to kill the kids and herself. You know, I, I don't understand that. And then you knew he was playing around. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's just like the lady said. The lady uh, was having a party, you know, the party before she got married. And then she told her husband she didn't want him to have a party because he had been messing around, you know, with somebody else, and she was afraid he might do that then. (laughs) And then somebody asked her, are you kidding me? You want to marry him? And you know he's already, you know, messed around on you. And now you're talking about marrying him tomorrow. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Why he's not going to stop, yeah. Yeah, no, he's yeah. not. But yeah. she knows that. She knows that. She wanted to know if he would not have his show you know, and just not have it, but she could have hers because he was afraid that he was going to have somebody, you know. That's crazy. That's crazy. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. I got got another person. Hello? Yeah, hi. It's called the bachelor's party. That's what happens when the, uh, the bachelor um, has a send-off yeah, before he gets married. Yeah, but, but still, you're not supposed to bring your woman in there, are you? No, and I came here because um, you posed a question in um, your description page about why are young men and women more violent nowadays. Well, you have to yeah. expect it when you have the, uh, the attorney, attorney general and the district attorney's Raising, for example, the felony limit for um, uh, for for, um, for felonies for um, for robberies, if I can all call, yeah, they call a smash and grab. At one time, if you stole one hundred and fifty dollars, that was a felony in some states. Now you could steal up to nine hundred and fifty dollars, and you won't get prosecuted. That's why a lot of stores are closing down their stores because they're experiencing a lot of robberies and the perpetrators, they don't even get arrested. And I was listening to to your examples of uh, the mother and the aunt. Those are mental issues. I don't know exactly what goes into that, but I I would suspect it's probably a lot of despair on the part of whoever did the atrocious acts. 
Well, you know, I uh, like to comment on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that the store of the clothing because of uh, the theft necessarily. I mean, you you know, there's um, they build that in into their into their budget, so they know there's going to be a percentage of um, stolen goods, and you know, a percentage <laughs> of that's coming from the employees, you know, as well. Um, but I think that um, you know, just the economy. In itself, you know, right now there's a labor shortage. So, you know, a lot of people are closing because they don't have anybody to, to work, um, you know. And so and, and in regard to raising the uh, felony um, threshold, uh, I don't know that more people say, well, you know, I'm going to go rob somewhere because, you know, up to $900, I can, you know, it'll be a misdemeanor. I think that um, uh, a lot of um, black and brown people were uh, and are being convicted of crimes that uh, they're getting charged with, that um, they're getting felonies for, which is, you know, in turn causing them to... um, either not have the right to vote depending on where they stay or just making it hard to uh, get a job after that or um, not only that, but, you know, you get a felony, then you're not eligible for a lot of the um, state uh, programs, you know, Pell Grants that will help you go to college, Um, welfare in case, you know, you um, need help and you low income. So the worst um, I got is there was a robbery spike. Well, I mean, you mentioned a couple things, so I was just touching on you know both of those things. As far but as what robberies. does that got to do with the fact that the robberies are spiking upward by a significant percentage? Well, it's, not it's only robberies, due to the most, fact the what? I mean, violent crimes are spiking. You know, robbery so is a spike, too. There's been an increase in murders, you know, um, uh-huh. year over year. And I yeah. think the pandemic has a lot to do with that. Not only that, I think that um, some of these uh, gun laws in some of these states um, also have make it easier for people with mental illness to get guns and shoot up uh-huh. schools and and things of that nature. Let me ask you a question talking about gun laws. If you had a choice to live in a community, uh, let's say there's about 1,000 people in one community, and it sounds to me like you would like to have a gun-free zone type of community. And if you had a choice to live there versus a choice to live in a community where everybody has a gun, where would you like to live? Uh, Gun-free zone. I mean, you know. um, Of course. Similar (laughs) to Canada. Similar to Canada, Naturally. I mean, I'm a gun owner, you know, but, you know. Well, you then you got to get rid of your gun. Then you can't live in a community where there's a bunch of well, guns. Well, I mean, that's, that's that's fine. I only have my gun for, um, for, uh, for protection. A gun is a gun. Part. If you have a gun, you got to get rid of it. If you want to live in a gun I mean, free zone, you got to get rid of your gun. I mean, I mean, it's not a big deal for me, you know, if I'm living in a community where guns aren't allowed. That means I don't have a gun uh-huh. and nobody else should either. So it's no big deal. 
but no, I live fail. in a community so where guns. The criminals who live down, the criminals who live about eh, maybe a mile away, like biker outlaws, the mob, um, unorganized crime, thugs, who can get guns at will. Um, you think you're safer in the gun-free zone, or do you think you're safer in the community that has guns, knowing that um, yeah, criminals are maybe only about a mile away? Well, I mean, you know, um, I already answered that, but you know, since you threw in the, the you know the little little twist to it, where you know it's a gun-free zone, but you got criminals to stay a mile away. Then you know I'm gonna say I'm I, you know I would rather be prepared and be able to have a weapon if I'm staying that can. close you to live in a gun if I'm staying that close to criminals. So, but that's not that's not the case. I mean, I say criminals all over the place. I stay in America. I stay in America. You, you know, and I have a Second yeah. Amendment right to own. Uh, so firearms. you yeah, but you want to live in a gun-free zone versus a zone where the community, almost everybody, if not everybody, has a gun. You already said that, it's not, but you want to own not even, your gun. <laughs> that's a hypothetical. It's not, that's not even an issue for me. I mean, I, the only gun free zone I know is... Because people it, are trying it, to have is a church gun or a control in which you nobody know, has a gun. Let me, say, let me say this. You may, the rule may be... You know, you're not supposed to have a gun in this particular area. But you don't know. I mean, everybody in that particular area might have a a gun. So, I mean, you know, it's just that if they say that, then you're you're adding your own hypothetical. You're adding your own particular piece to the hypothetical. I'm saying. If there is a gun-free zone, nobody has guns, versus a community where everybody has guns. There are plenty of people who say guns are dangerous. Do not have a gun. I will not have a gun. Second Amendment rights, they're obsolete, and people shouldn't have guns. And whoever says that uh, they need guns, they're out of their mind. They want to be with people who are just as uh, mentally ill as they are. So if you have a gun-free zone versus those who want to have a gun, regardless if it's an AR-15 or a shotgun or a Smith & Wesson, there are a lot of people <laughs> who say, I want to be in the gun-free zone. But when you bring up the element of criminals, then they say, well, he's the only one who ever said, well, maybe, you know. Everybody else I've talked to says, no, I still want to be in a gun-free zone. Stupid. Well, you know, I think that... Some... <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know... In this society, I don't think people necessarily have a problem with people owning guns if you're if you're a responsible gun owner. I think the problem with guns is if you you know you're committing crimes and out here killing innocent people. You know that's the problem. You know, I mean, if you got a gun, oh yeah, but that's for the most yeah, part. But for the most part, would nobody know? I mean, would nobody know? I mean, you know, unless you know you're out here flaunting. Are there or are there not people? especially legislatures, who want to take away your guns? Um, I think they just, I don't think they want to take it away. I think they just want stricter rules so anybody can't get them. I haven't heard anybody the, say The guy named Bezos, what's his name? Oh, yeah, O'Rourke. 
every Democrat who ran in the primaries for president back in 2020 said they would take away the guns, take them away. So no, I think gun, they, they wanted to take away the high-powered take, rifles. No. Yeah, well, that's, what I, that's what I heard. Yeah. And, and change the magazines and, from 30 rounds. Yeah, to and they want to limit rounds. the magazines. Same thing. Yeah, so, I mean, so that's uh, not taking it away. And then Beto O'Rourke, you know, he, he stated emphatically he wanted to walk around or have his minions walk around and take away your guns. Okay. Well, Beto O'Rourke, you know, stays in Texas. And Texas, you know, has a governor that has instituted, you know, legislation where, you know, you can be mentally ill and, you know, you don't have to go through a um, a background check. And so, you know, it's one extreme to the other. No, I mean, you know, so if you're mentally you ill, all states to, have background to, checks. To if you're mentally state, ill, and and you're not going to get a gun. The thing well, is, is yeah. that guns are important, and we have a Second Amendment right for a reason. And it's not because people want to say, well, the gun should only be for hunting. When you have uh, muggers, home invasions, uh, Black Lives Matter burning down buildings, you want a gun. How about how about white lives matter and and, and blue lives? What about matter? white lives matter? You know, shoot shoot shooting uh, unarmed black and yeah. you know it's and a whole lot of white people walking to protect around. yourself against that. Well, everybody, yeah. that, everybody. And that's I been, have another caller that would everybody like to that say you know has shot the one up, question. You know, the one question I want to ask is white. I haven't seen anybody in a Black Lives Matter shirt, you know, shoot up a school or, you know, shoot up a, a grocery store. I mean, and I haven't seen a mass people. murderer burn down $2 billion worth of damage. Well, you but know, those mass murderers are ones like the people The worst they've done are like 30, something like 30 people. I mean, Four yeah, I have people who had their buildings burned that. down and who were killed by Black Lives Matter. No. Okay. Were no. Sister, Okay, we have another another caller in. Tommy? Yeah, I just wanted to ask the question of that gentleman. How about that young man that was in Las Vegas that had all had all those rifles up in the up up in the hotel room, wind up killing sixty nine people and hurting three hundred and sixty five. Uh so it may if you only Yeah, what about like it? What is that? That's mass what black what is it? You don't think that's considered? You just say, well, that guy was crazy. So now, if yeah, you... Yeah, and? And oh, it's okay. if you... It's okay. It's the one the black, on one. The black people march, march down the street um, with a peaceful protest, they, threat, they you're scared of them. Are you out of your mind? Peaceful protest? Well, like... You're like the guy... You're like the guy, the commentator for the news station who said, well, you know, I'm here at a Black Lives Matter protest, and they're mainly a uh, peaceful protest, and behind them was a, uh, was a building on fire. So what the idea mean? of this mainly so, peaceful so, protest so who, who put the building is like, on fire? Uh, huh? I mean, who, 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 who started know, the fire? Do you know who, uh, who started the fire? The people in Black Lives Matter. No, somebody was, know who that? did that. 
Oh, I don't know that. Everywhere Black Lives Matter goes, there's a fire. There's a shooting. Put a pin in that. I'm going I'm going I'm glad you said that because Is that not true? There are other antagonists. If you were the head of Black Lives Lives Matter, Matter. the only people that be out marching, there's a lot of people that, you know, are against Black Lives Matter that, you know, out when they're marching as well. So how come, you know, somebody that doesn't believe in that protest can can, uh, start a fire on a building? So the Black Lives Matter can get the blame for it. That Antifa, all these white wing extremists that you're talking about, burn down yeah. buildings. You say do they burn down buildings? I know they they break into uh, government buildings. Did they cause two billion dollars worth of damage? And did they kill the people in the community? And did well, they, they not? The do, do you know of anybody else besides Black Lives Matter? who for six weeks took hostage um, a certain city, like Portland, a certain section of the city, not even allowing the cops to come in. That was white people. That was right, white like people. In that was a white people. How about mothers. that? I mean, that was you, got a lot of, you, you, know, you got a lot of... Uh, you got white people who are there in Black Lives Matter, but the Black Lives Matter took it. How about all these right-wing extremists? You haven't said anything about them. Uh, what about them? Well, no, I mean, you talking about, about well, I mean, you're talking about January 6th. the destruction and burning buildings with black What about matter. January 6th? You call that I'm an insurrection? Of course you call that an insurrection, right? How many it, guns were call? found in the January yeah, 6th? Quite, how many call? people? How that many guns were too. found in the January 6th insurrection? Well, you know, you're not supposed to have any guns in in, in Washington D.C., but they did find firearms and they found bombs. How many? How many? And a new bomb. I don't know. They found two days before. Oh, you don't know. Well, then you can't talk about it. You're not supposed to have guns in Washington D.C. How many of the people who are now in prison? You wasn't supposed to have a new either. Yeah, but how many had the guns? They had the guns. point is, they it, could, it wasn't an insurrection. How can you take over the... Okay, here's a question. How can you take over the government if you, you don't have guns? You haven't a good answer on anything yet. All you're doing is just making statements with no foundation. Give us some like foundation. What, what have I said that has no foundation? You Do you know What's who the foundation? fires when you say the Black Lives Matter? Do you know who sets the fire? Yes or no? You know the Black Lives that Matter. No, that's not. I gave Black you an Lives example. Black Lives just a word. That's just a word. Who? Oh, will you stop? Every t- oh, every, oh, the word. Every time Black Lives Matter went into a city or a section of a city, it then who said who blew up? Who blew up? Who said? Do you I know? don't know. I wasn't there. You? Oh, there. you don't well, know? Of course. Well, you there? Like Let me they, ask you. They, do you understand? Were you there? Do you yes understand no. that any time? Were you there? Then, were you there? I don't have to be there. How do you, you understand? How do you know so even, much? Even the simplest you know of statistics. You weren't there. How do you know when you weren't there? Okay. I'm, good, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to take oh. a little break. Lions okay, Clubs International is a service or membership organization of over 1.7 million members worldwide. 
It was founded in 1916 in Illinois. Much of the focus of the Lions Club's work as a service club organization is to raise money for worthy causes as first responders. The Lions Club model is We Serve. Local Lions Club programs include sight conservation, hearing and speech conservation, diabetes awareness, youth outreach, international relations, environmental issues, and many other programs. The LIONS acronym also stands for Liberty, Intelligence, Our Nation's Safety. For more information, contact us at lionsclubs.org. We'll be back to the Let's Talk About It. As an author, you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work, but what if someone stole your identity? Protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection. Services include credit monitoring, credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus, social security number, emails, credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call 248-525-7680. Engaging the culture's imagination through speculative fiction, the Untold Podcast produces audio fiction from a Christian worldview. Find us over at untoldpodcast.com, where we partner with authors to tell science fiction, fantasy, supernatural, and horror stories. Find links at untoldpodcast.com to subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, and a variety of other platforms. Each month we produce high-quality audio fiction that's free to download and free to listen. Our submissions are open, and we're always looking to add another great story to over 24 hours of narrative entertainment. Find all of our audio fiction over at www.untoldpodcast.com. And we're back. Okay, we're back now, and we were talking about why the young men and women, why are they so dangerous now? And that's one thing we want to know about the young people. Why are they so, I don't know, they they can get a gun without even going to a store, <laughs> So they can do a lot of young things that they shouldn't be doing. And like I said earlier, was the fact that children don't want to be given everything they ask for. They want for somebody to stop them. And they would feel better and more protected. But a lot of uh, parents just, let their kids do this and do that and and a lot of people uh, go out with their children which is to me is not a good thing to do so I don't know what do you guys think oh we're not talking about the rifles (laughs) our friend is gone 
I think that social media plays a, a large role in um, in the attitude and the mental health of children today. Um, you know, I mentor uh, high school seniors, and uh, one of the questions um, that we ask them when we're interviewing them is what do they feel is um, some of the biggest challenges facing Today, and um, you know, a lot of them say mental health and social media, and uh, the fact of um, socialization, where they can, they would rather text you than pick up the phone and call you. Uh, so, uh, I think that that has played a large role as far as. Uh, the respect or disrespect uh, goals. I think that uh, these parents are a little different now. You know, you've got you've got grandparents in their thirties, and That's so true. it's uh, it's different than Big Mama back in the day. You know, because <laughs> I, I remember, you know, my great aunts and grandmother and everybody was old as long as I can remember they was old you know, they was old when I was a kid and as I got older they got, they was old then so you and know, your mother was old too well you know well, my mother was <laughs> old, older than me I, 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 older. I was past <laughs> right right but, you know um, what's interesting, though. Yeah, go ahead. Saying that, you know, I think that if they don't, you know, if children are raised with that old school, you yeah. know, uh, type of uh, discipline, then, um, you know, they may just get away with, with too much, you know. And, it, it, you know, and if you got parents that aren't home because they got to work and, you don't have a village around you to help raise these kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, can, it can be hard out here. It's kind of hard. You're right. You're right. And we got another guest that would like to have a say. And how are you? And what's your name? And uh, where'd you come from? Well, I came from God through my mama. I live in Orlando. <laughs> my name is Nathan. <laughs> I okay. want to answer your question. I want to okay. answer your question. Um, what happened where, with this generation today in, in, in the 60s and 70s? Uh, I was born in 1960. Um, everybody, whether you were devout Christian or devout church, attendance, church culture, everybody went to church for the most part. And you could tell the devout ones because after church, uh, they didn't play softball or go fishing and stuff like that. And they didn't, they didn't get on to you because you were out there doing stuff. But here's where we, how we got to this thing. In the early 70s, a lot of things was happening politically. One, in 1969, uh, George H. Daddy Bush made, wrote a law 
called Title X, or the X stands for 10, Title 10 that funds Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood wasn't in our mind. And, and in 1970, only 32 Congress members voted against it, and in the Senate, it was 100 to zero to pass it, to fund it. Three years later, we had Roe v. Wade, and none of us, most people weren't thinking, it wasn't a media like it is today, but they, they approved abortion, and the little children, we, at the same time, the, it was being promoted that if you're not happy with your spouse, it's best for the children to split up. And, uh, and, and here's the whole thing. Back then, you had more than, in the neighborhood of around four to six children to a family, okay? And these kids were watching the Brady Bunch, and they were watching the single mother, the Partridge family, and, and it, it seemed to be pretty good. But then when men started leaving their families, the woman tries to go back to church because she's broken. She is depressed because her whole life was her, her family, her children, her husband, and her home. There was no working women unless it was doing secretary or, or a waitress. And then all of a sudden we fell into a depression. Uh, the whole country fell into a depression. And, and uh, all this stuff was being planned in policy. And, and I, I keep getting amazed at how the Democrats get, keep, gets blamed for abortion whenever it came from the Republican Party. But anyway, they were planning this thing, and, and we headed that direction. But back then, you know, uh, if you go through anything, you lose someone, you get a divorce, your cat runs away, you lose your job, you got to go through four emotional states, shock, denial, anger, and acceptance. Back then, not like today, when something tragic happens, they're not bringing out all the, the support and trying to gather around this person or these kids or whatever. It, you, there was no psychologist, and if you went to the preacher, he was he was trained to just preach what's right. It, you know, a mother sitting there, uh, a, a broken-hearted mother and wife sitting in his office, repeating herself, crying, just emotional rag. He didn't know how to deal with that. So that generation fell out of church, and and guess what? That Roe v. Wade was for there was there for those divorced children. Okay. What we started out no, then no. was children, children trying to raise their kids with grandma and grandpa helping out. And so they were surviving trying to get caught up, and some of them got caught up. And then the next generation is, is basically children raising themselves because, you know, mom's working and, and they're just doing that. Opens these young children open to these uh, uh these sexual predators that, that, you know, first of all, you wouldn't see some older guy messing with your daughter if daddy was in the house. Or some man wouldn't be trying to uh, uh, seduce some little boy if daddy was in the house. So that there got us on a track. And that's why well, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm have to comment. I'm going to have to comment on that. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. There's been a whole lot of children that have been molested, you know, with daddy in the house. You know, well, yeah. um, because it was daddy. Daddy was the but one. But when the doing daddy's it. not there, but when, but listen, but where there's daddy, where there is no father, you know, there's a certain. Not, I'm not saying every man, every family's not the same, but for the most part, the bigger picture of things, uh, you know, some 18 year old guy ain't gonna show up to talk to this 14 year old girl if the father's there back then. You know, he wasn't going to put up with that, and some of these men would not, uh, adults. I'll tell you something else to make that point. 
there's always been a big age difference in people getting married, you know, especially out in the farm areas in the backwoods. You see this, you know, 21-year-old girl guy married this 15-year-old girl. But from that back then, most of, in the 70s, most of the men left their wives for a younger, skinnier model. And then you fast forward, and what do we got? We got cougars, you know, wanting to go out with young men. You know, we got, you know, it got, well, it got not, I'm not talking about a few years, but it got whacked off. And now we got, we got adults thinking that it's okay to have uh, 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 sex with kids. You know, our minds over the last couple of generations got crazy. Well, but, uh, you know, I that's, think, that's where I, I think, think it's well, coming let me, from. Let me, let me, let me comment on that. I mean, you know, people have been, um, having inappropriate, doing inappropriate things for kids for years. I mean, so that's, you know, that's not nothing new. I don't think that that's ever been acceptable. Um, and I don't think that it's because, you know, there's single-parent homes. I mean, there's stresses and, and challenges that come with single-parent homes. But I think that uh, and in regards to church, um, you know, I think that, you know, some of the biggest pedophiles in church, you know, in, in yeah. the Catholic Church, you know, in, in specific, you know, being specific. But um, I think that, uh, like I said, there's challenges with, you know, single-parent homes. But And I believe that there was legislation that was written that helped to, um, you know, with welfare, whereas you couldn't have a man in the house if you were on welfare. Yeah. And I know in the black community. Right. And I know in the black community, you know, so there were, you know, that helped to contribute to uh, a lot of men not being able to be home at that particular time if their wife was on welfare. And, I mean, you know, the, the, the social worker would come to the house and, you know, look around and see who's in the house and things of that nature. So I think That's that was, true. you know, also a contributing factor. Um, but I think that, you know, the reason that children are um, dealing with what they're dealing with now, and I think that uh, a lot of kids are dealing with mental health issues. I think we've all dealt with mental health issues yes, through our whole lives. I just think that it's a thing now, and it's a it's a term now. I mean, but the social media is you know making a lot of these kids feel like losers, you know, and feel like they're underachievers. Can I go back and finish something I started to say? I pointed out early on, and I'm I'm I'm, and you're bringing up the mental illness today. Back in the olden days, okay, when we were coming up, if if there was a tragedy, there was not a bunch of psychologists. And pastors weren't tra- trained in counseling. Not a lot of people were coming to your aid. It was just your family around you and your friends supporting you. And when you got this mass divorce and then these mass young kids getting pregnant, there was a spirit of depression. And like I said, uh, you know, you got a tragedy. You got to go sh- through shock, denial, anger, and acceptance. When you get to acceptance, you, you, you can't change nothing, but you're learning to live and move on. But if you get stuck in shock, the emotional state of shock, denial, and anger, you are nurturing your wife, your girlfriend, your children. You go to work, and, and, and the way it works out is this guy just gets mad, and he's got a temper, and we stay out of his way. We just don't get in his way. But he's nurturing us, and we've seen this the last few years. Something happens in one of these inner cities, 
and we're trying to figure out, well, did this guy do this, and did the cop do the right thing? And while we're in, well, before we can even get to the investigation of what happened, somebody just says, let it burn, and the whole place just crashes. And, and, uh, and, and it's like, you know, we got to get to the answer. But, and what I'm saying is those people, not just in that, that culture, but all cultures, are, are nurtured in shock, denial, anger. And, and there's, they're, they're dealing with people in those different angers. And, and I mean, I get around people that, that you know, I, I, I just tolerate, you know, and I'm sure they tolerate me, but I'm not a person that's going to get into a big old fuss over everything. So I just back off. And, and I, well, I just think, you know, I'm glad I don't have to live with this person. Okay, well, hold up. That, hold up. Okay, I have ahead, another, another caller. Hi, caller. From California. Hello. Hi. Hello. How you doing? Hi. I'm fine. I, I just wanted to I want I wanted to comment on uh, your comment that you mentioned about um, the youth and about what the youth are going through. I think a lot of the youth are are in fear right now. I was having a conversation with three young ladies and they're around the age of eighteen and twenty and they don't want to have no kids. And I said, y'all don't want to have no kids? They said, no. They said, why would we want to bring kids in this world? And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, you know, the school system, Vermont is a jail system. You know, you got so many killing of black crime. Um, you know, you got so much kidnapping and human trafficking. You get Your child get kidnapped. They, they just, they, they actually live in fear. And I said, well, you shouldn't really live in fear, you know. And and then but and then also it has to do with, you know, their environment. You know, they say everybody is like they hurting, everybody's in pain and nobody has a solution to help our loved ones who's going through certain things. So they was like, Why would I wanna bring my child in this type of world? And I said, I understand what you're saying. I said, But this is just a moment right now that we're going through. I said, Imagine if your mother thought the way that you're thinking right now, you wouldn't be here. And I said, but but we come into this world because we come to make a difference. But that is what some of the youth, and then, she, and then they also mentioned social media does play a big role. And she said that I was watching social media for so long, she said I had to stop it. And she said by me stopping and pulling back, I realized that it was kind of uh, changing my thinking of causing me to think this way. But if I stay off of social media, I can focus on the things that I want to do and not let social media navigate me and think in a different way. So I just want to just comment on that when you're talking about the youth. Well, so I'm, I'm going to hang up. I'm a Hey, I'm gonna hang up, but before I go, I wanna I want y'all to, if you can, when you get around to it after the show, go to YouTube. And I, this, these are the children, the, the children of the '70s divorce culture. This is their generation, the next generation of their grandkids. Go to YouTube and type in, just type in this, and it come up. It's a 51 second video. She took cut part of it out just for this to make a point. But here's what it says. Just type this in. I have a womb, but I am, but I'm not a woman. And watch these children. There's basically two girls that are really crazy going wild on this lecture. But then when you get done, play back and just look at the faces of all these people, these young people. And then, you know, I'm thinking, I would like to ask this guy, what planet are we on? And, and see if he could answer it. Because you see their mind is someplace else. That, that is trauma 
and it's the trauma passed on from the next generation of children not being completely developed and having children and, and that lack of maturity never being achieved. And now it really is a mental illness. And, uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying your show, and I, 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 okay. I hope I well, contributed well, something. Wait a minute. You didn't give us your name and where you're calling Nathan, from. Nathan. Nathan in Orlando. Okay. Thank you for and I'm, calling. I'm going to hang up and keep listening. Okay. Thank you, Nathan. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so is there uh, anyone else that would have something to add? We've had a great discussion this evening. Well, I would think no, it's I, a, go ahead. No, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Lucy. Thinking the guy that talked about Black Lives Matter so bad, and I remember, if I'm mistaken. But President Trump had fired on, he had those rubber bullets fired on the Black Lives Matter movement. And remember he held up the Bible and it was upside down and all that? Upside down. He, right. he used rubber, yeah. <laughs> remember, and then he, he used the Bible and then he, he had them to, to fire rubber bullets into the Black Lives Matter movement, that movement that was happening right there. You know, all of this has taken place. And then there are people who are going infiltrate the and burn, set stuff in the fire just to give it a bad name. That's true. I'm not. I'm, this is and this has been happening. Where everybody they, they're building cars. No, they didn't. Somebody is in there infiltrating it and and uh, um, and doing this because it was a it was a we had a a a, 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 a march here and it was peaceful. Not all the stuff wasn't jumping off. Like that, but well, I remember you see more, you, he had you see more white people, more white people in the Black Lives Matter than black people marching. That is true, yeah. Yeah, so but I he mean, had you know, on it. So it's sad to say that uh, you know, and uh, and they completely overlooked January sixth, and and people died trying to protect the Congress and things, and nothing's being said about those That's young true. men who took it upon themselves to try to protect the Congress and people, you know. That's, that's nothing. True. So what if it did happen? And they and some even committed suicide. They never seen nothing like that. You have to choose between shooting a, a American because another American is acting crazy, that the president they're fighting out, but they will not do anything about it. You know, all this giving them all these breaks, things like that, all this legal money because the evangelical community is still backing this man. And it's sad. It's, but he did that to the Black Lives Matter movement, if I can remember, because he was holding the Bible up on the on the steps of a church, and it was he had the Bible upside down. But he <laughs> had them shoot rubber bullets into the Black Lives Matter movement. I remember that. And it's sad to see all this going on. People are under a lot of stress, a lot of strain, and. Um, you know, they still want to treat, you know, keep it whitewashed, and it's sad. We yeah, they are. You know, like you said, a lot of you know, of this, a lot of people yeah. that are under stress. You know, and it's, it's stressful raising these children, and and then you know, if you don't have any patience for them, you know, you, you cussing them out. You know, and hmm. um, you 
you know, or they they're missing school, or you that's know, true. smoking weed that's around. So them, true. Or, Ooh, so <laughs> true. Know, yeah. They're hearing all so these true. conversations. You know, they've got these cell phones that if you type the wrong thing in there, you know, no telling what's going to pop up on your screen. You know, this music true. is misogynistic, you know, and it's it's got girls, you know, dancing to, to, to the music that's calling them B's and H's, you know, and, and it's got oh, the, the yeah. young men, you know, thinking that this is, you know, the way to go. You know, back in the day, you know, we had love songs, you know, you'd be socialing and dancing, you know, they don't have that now, you know, they've got the, um, the, uh, the hustles, but you know, ain't nobody, ain't no man, ain't no man and woman getting together, holding each other, dancing to, to a slow song. So that, you know, this whole generation missed out on the slow songs, you know, and so, <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, the love song. <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of trauma going on, you know, uh, it's a lot of trauma and, and, you know, I was reading a book saying that, you know, this young man was having a problem with his, his male teacher. And so the therapist, you know, after a lot of talking and digging and, and found out that, you know, the boy's father was abusive to to him. And so the boy's father wore uh old spice cologne, I think. And so and so did it so did his male teacher. So, you know, when the young man smelled the cologne the teacher was wearing, it reminded him of his father. And so, yeah. you know, he, he acted out. So you know, these kids are acting out for a reason. It's you know, yeah. sometimes they're getting cussed out at home and and some of them not eating, you know. That's so true. it's a lot it's a lot going on. I mean That's it's a, a lot going on. Yeah. I was yeah, I was thinking of what happened with my sister. My sister okay, on my birthday, she was she's been married fifty seven years. My older sister. Uh and she's really authoritative in the way she is, but the responsibility always fell on her when we was at home. In fact, we are alive today because she was watching wrestling and she was over the house. My mother and father were gone, you know, and um, it's because of her that she got us out of that house. Uh, and the house just looked like it just, the, the fire department was right around the corner and the house was gone, you know, and stuff. And uh, she got us all out. And um, just thinking about what, um, you know, how she's been, when she had her 50th anniversary celebration, they had the big thing about it. But each one of her kids talked about how the, her, her, her and her husband reacted to each other. And a lot of the kids would come around, and, and you know, because they enjoyed being around, you know, my sister and her husband. And what they kept saying, Mama was the type of person, their mother, my sister, was always harsh and everything, and, she grabbed you and whipped you behind in her house. I don't she didn't care what child you was. That's how she was. <laughs> and she said, and, they, and those kids loved my mama. They loved her. You know, they were crazy. It's like, you crazy, you know, and all this. But they loved her. They liked coming down to the Evans house. They liked coming there, you know. And they, they said the main thing they saw was that she had boundaries. You're going to act right or else. And uh, they felt like they that somebody cared about them. 
and they were talking. We were talking about that when on, on, when they did the um, 50th anniversary celebration. But they felt like they, you know, that they that she liked them. You know, she still loved them. They still. How's your mother and father doing? All of this. Now Ronald, he's up in his 80s, and Brenda's okay. I'm 75. She's 76. But they really felt like she really cared about them. Now somebody whipping on you and it's your parent. You didn't do something wrong. Come, girl, come here and just, you know, that's how Brenda is, you know. But they really felt that, and they still crazy about Mr. and Mrs. Evans. And now she's been married for 57 years. I tell her all the time, I say, when you got married, you left me for a man. <laughs> you know, because so we were supposed to move out. When I was turned 18 years old, we was going to move out the house and do our thing. She moved out the house and left me, you know, one of those years. But, um, <laughs> It's, it's interesting. The kids really like my sister. And to me, she's, you know, just an asinine, you know, she's bossy, rough, whatever. But they respect her. They still respect her. And a lot of those girls and kids, they got married. They, you know, they, they found something. That, there was a moral issue there, you know, um, that they could see from Mr. and Mrs. Evans. They went to church. He took them around to... Um, also, you know, on uh, when they had the uh, the um, to call uh, the Fourth of July celebration with the the fireworks and stuff, he had this big old long um, uh, station wagon. All the kids piled up in it, and they would take he would take them downtown, and they could all go. But when the fireworks was over, they all had to meet. You know what the lady is at the at what used to be the gas company. The the lady standing up there, the statue, the naked statue. They had to be there him to pick them all up and they were all right there waiting for him you know and uh that but they felt comfortable and like it was something and he would talk to them about being saved and things like that but he they were active in their life she would have a barbecue because everybody just wanted to be around that family and they left a good testimony you know it's interesting that that happened and that's all i wanted to say um they look for boundaries they look for you said to tell them no you're not going this way. You're not going to do this. And uh, like I say, she was whipping all the people's kids. And they're crazy about her. You know? Yeah, uh, but they don't do one. that anymore. Yeah. They don't uh, do she, that she, anymore. Yeah. They, you they got really, parents. Like yeah, but uh, yeah. parents now don't even want the teachers to tell your their uh, children no. I've yeah. seen them when the uh, something was taken away from a kid one time and the teacher put it in her desk. The next day, the child had brought their parent and the parent, mama told that child to go to that teacher's drawer and get your whatever it was. And that There's child no respect for authority. Nope. No nope. kind of respect for authority. And they nope. grow up like that, and then, then, then the authorities really get them. Like they say, this 19-year-old doing all that shooting. He never had a criminal record or anything. He was out there shooting folks. No criminal record, no problem with what, you know, they're trying to find just What is the deal with this 19-year-old shooting and killing all these people? They, you know, what is the problem? What is it? You know, how have they been raised? But then look at the problem with the... Um, in some of the churches, like even for the, the Boy Scouts, 90,000 people complained that they were being bothered all these years, and nobody mm-hmm. said anything. 
90,000. Hmm. What's happening with the Catholic Church? Where do we get all these people from? Somebody's been bothering them. But who listens? Who cares? You know, it's sad yeah. to say that, but it's, it's, we, we got a problem. We just have a problem. Thanks so much, Jenny White. Yes, you're welcome. Do you <laughs> want to give us your last words? <laughs> um, what can you say? Keep on praying and trusting and moving forward. <laughs> I know that's right. Okay. He says, strengthen what remains. <laughs> Say what? Like Bishop Jake Hughes was preaching, strengthen what remains. Oh, yeah. Strengthen what remains. You have to strengthen it, yeah. Yeah. So, Mr. Coleman, did you have something you would like to say? Yeah, great show. <laughs> Very good. See you next week. <laughs> You'll see me next week, okay? All <laughs> right. Uh, TC, are you still there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Is there something that you would like yeah. to say? Yeah, relationships. You must build relationships before anything else happens. That's okay, it. can you repeat that? You must build relationships before okay. anything else will happen. And to Timothy. Okay, and this is just for anybody, right? Not just yeah, what, men, women, or... Hmm? No, relationships, period. Family relationships, family okay. relationships, gotcha. business relationships. It goes all across the board. Yeah. That's a good one. But a lot of times, even in families, you you find where the uh, relatives don't like each other. What what kind of they stuff don't. is that? I mean, they never had proper relationship, proper foundation. And some of them uh, kill each other. And that is sad. That is really sad. Cain killed Abel. That's for sure. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm thinking that uh, this has been a great show, and I appreciate everyone who was in it. And there are a lot of people that just call in and listen. They don't say anything. But I love them, too, because they're there listening. And I'm hoping they're getting something out of it. But I enjoy you other guys, Tommy and Lucy, and my other half. (laughs) He's gone now, but that's okay. But anyway, uh, it was a good show. It was a good show. And uh, the last thing I would like to say is life is too short to wake up in the morning with regrets. So love the people who treat you right. Forgive the ones that don't believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get the chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. 
Nobody said it would be easy. They just promised that it would be worth it. And that came from Dr. Seuss. And having said that, I'm going to say this has been the Let's Talk About It with Cindy White show. And we were talking about the young men and the women this evening. So we had a great show. And I thank all of you that came. I thank those that participated. And I pray that you have a good weekend. And talk to you next Friday. Have a good weekend. Good night. Love you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.